Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited tonight. I've been studying and praying a little bit about the service and, uh, you know, you just get thrilled with the promises and the, the words of the Lord to us. You know, he really, really wants us to live at a high level of joy and peace and love. And uh, I think the older I get, the more I appreciate that. <laughs> because, you know, and the Bible says in this world, you'll have tribulation. There's going to be tests and trials. There's going to be opposition from the enemy, etc. And sometimes people. And the, sometimes I think we're even... We even booby trap ourselves somehow, you know, (laughs) by doing things that we do. But praise the Lord. God is for us. He's not against us. And so I want to talk to you tonight from Romans chapter 8. And we're going to talk about life in the spirit. Now, this chapter is just amazing. It's always been one of my favorite chapters uh, because it just talks about the victory that we have in Christ and who we are in Christ. And he goes into quite a bit of detail. We won't look at everything in it tonight. We could do a whole series. But we're just going to hit some highlights here and encourage you. So Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So no condemnation. Don't you like that? Uh, the, one of the amplified I have, now this is not the classic because I got a new Bible and this is, <laughs> but anyway, it's pretty good here in the first chapter. It says there is no, now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that's nice, isn't it? We, we are not under a guilty verdict anymore. We are not being punished anymore. So if you hear messages that say God's just after you, he's going to get you, he's going to punish you, they, they're off track there. Jesus was sent into the earth because of God's love for us. Amen? He was offered as a gift for us. He was offered as a sacrifice for us. That's how much God loves us. Now, why would he want to uh, proclaim us guilty or, or proclaim, you know, punishment on our life? It contradicts what he's trying to do for us. So we can receive his love by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And this is probably the classic amplified. No uh, a, a judging guilty of wrong, Right. And for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. Praise God. No condemnation. You know, used to, uh, they would, I don't know if they do it anymore. I, I, I don't know. But some way back, if there was a house in our neighborhood that had gotten, you know, not fixed up and kind of bad looking and maybe even look abandoned, et cetera, they would condemn it. Do you remember those days? And if they didn't do something about it, they'd come knock the house down because they weren't going to have anything like that in the city. So a building would be condemned. But you know what? We sometimes, I think, we feel condemned because the devil tells us we're nothing and we're nobody. And, you know, remember, he is a liar. 
That's one good thing to remember about the devil is he is a liar. So when he's telling you these things, you can automatically know the opposite is true. You are worth something. You are deserving of God's love. Not because we're so good, but because Jesus is so good. (laughs) Amen? And so um, we can see here where there is now, in our life right now, no condemnation. Hallelujah. I mean, I love that because I tell you, I had been condemned for so long in the, you know, the first part of my life. I never heard the freedom that we have from that. And I had heard message after message, you know, from my denomination that was so condemning that made me feel so ashamed. You know, you, you know, you think, oh my gosh, I can't even do anything right. And, you know, they had a long list of wrong things that we were doing or were trying to do, or even if you just thought about doing it, you know. So you were guilty, you were condemned, you, you know, shame on you. And now how can you receive God's will for you if you feel so condemned you can't even hardly pray? So you know that's a tool of the enemy. To shame people, to make them feel guilty, to make them feel condemned. When we see right here in this verse, right now there is no condemnation. Hallelujah. No condemnation. I tell you, if we went home right now, we'd be happy right there, right? No condemnation. Now, let's read on. The Bible says in verse 4 that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, carnally minded there just means natural, you know, thinking natural thoughts and thinking um, uh, thoughts of, of just this world and not who you are in Christ. See, when we were born again, we were born of God, which means we have divine nature now, a divine nature. And uh, the Bible says that old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. So we walk in newness of life. Uh, we don't walk like we used to walk because Christ is in us. And he has made us to be something that we weren't before. Isn't that wonderful? Um, and, and you know, we, we really need to tell the world about this because I can tell you the world is suffering. People are suffering. And even if they've made Jesus the Lord of life, they a lot of times they don't even realize what's happened to them. So uh, I love the, the prayer in Timothy chapter 2 says that um, we should pray for people to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Because the truth is they're not condemned anymore. The truth is you don't have to live shameful, guilty lives. And I believe that uh, as we receive this freedom of life and peace, as we become minded, renewing our mind to this, spiritually minded of who we are and what Christ has made us to be, then we can get out of that guilt and shame and really walk in life and peace. Amen? Thank God. Praise the Lord. 
So look at Colossians chapter, hold your place in Romans uh, chapter 8 because we're coming back for a minute. But look at uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Um, we'll, we'll start with 12. Colossians 1 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And that word meet is just uh, fit. He, he made us where we're able now to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath, now this is past tense, right? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we've been taken out of the power of darkness that ruled in our life and we've been translated over into the kingdom of his dear son. We don't even live in the same kingdom. We used to sing a song, out of one realm into another. (laughs) Out of one realm into another. We've been baptized in Christ Jesus. Risen with him in new life. And now, uh, in in the kingdom of his dear son, there's a whole other set of promises to us who, who are his children. So remember, when the power of darkness tries to come against you, it has no more uh, dominion over your life. Now, sometimes I know it seems like it. It seems like, well, you know, uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't feel good, I'm sick, or we're having a financial challenge or whatever. But remember, at the, especially at those times, who you are in Christ Jesus, that that power and that darkness has no more dominion over you. You actually have dominion over it. You have dominion over the devil and that darkness. So you can take your authority and say, you know what? I'm not in that realm anymore. I'm not going to participate in sickness and disease, and I'm not going to participate in lack and, and you know, and let's take it all, all the way around. How about... Not going to participate in strife and ugliness and meanness, right? We don't have to participate. Just because somebody brings something to your door, like a UPS or whatever, you don't have to take the package. And I think so many times Satan tries to deliver things to us, but we don't have to take it. You can say, no, thank you. I don't want any of that. I don't want strife and chaos and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Some people thrive on that. Have you noticed? But... We don't want that. We want life and peace. And we can have it because we've been born again. Hallelujah. Born from above. Born of love. That's our new nature. And the Bible says that as we uh, know these things and renew our minds to these things, praise the Lord, we can walk in life and in peace. Now let's look at Romans chapter 8 a little a little further here. And the Bible says that in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we have that ability now because we are joined with God through Christ Jesus. We have the ability to be led of the Spirit, to be led by Him. And as Pastor was preaching so beautifully on Sunday about how to hear the voice of God and how to be directed and guided by Him, it should be really very easy for us because it's just like a fish swimming in water. That's just what they do. And when we're born of God, 
we can hear his voice. We can know his leading. He's guiding. And it's really probably a lot more simple than we've made it to be. (laughs) It's probably really easy. Jesus even said that we know his voice. And I had a friend years ago, she told me, she said, Scarlett, I just go around the house saying, I know his voice. I know the voice of the good shepherd. She said, I've just started declaring it. And she said, the more I said it, the more I really heard the voice of God through Jesus speaking to me as a shepherd, guiding my life. So, you know, instead of saying, I never hear from God, or I don't know anything about hearing from God, or I don't know his voice, sometimes it's good just to say, I know his voice. Amen. And we become acquainted with him, and we become... uh really quiet and, and and listening for his voice and listening to him and it becomes easier and easier to know. I mean, you just like you do in the natural realm. If David called me on the phone, he wouldn't have to say, this is David Horton. <laughs> you know? He just says, hi, and I know his voice. Why? Because we talk all the time. We visit with one another. We fellowship with one another and we share stories and we communicate. So it's very easy to recognize his voice. And the same thing with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to get to know Him. He wants us to know His voice, and He said, you know my voice. Amen? He's confident of it, so we need to be confident of it. So look at verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. We have been adopted by the maker of the universe. You are in high cotton. <laughs> I mean, the God of heaven and earth has adopted you. Now, I, I have never adopted children. I've had friends that adopted children. But they say legally, when you adopt a child, you have to leave them an inheritance. I mean, that's this a part of those legal papers, you know. It's pretty, pretty written in stone. They are yours. You've adopted them. And so as we've been adopted into the kingdom of God, we can claim him and uh, cry unto him. Uh, one one of the, the Amplified here says, joyfully cry. So it's not like, oh, God, help me. <laughs> it's, yay, I get to talk to God again, right? A joyful cry saying, Daddy God, Abba Father very close, intimate relationship that we are allowed to have now because of Jesus Christ. Because he joined us with the Father through his sacrifice. So then verse 17 says, and if children, then heirs. Heirs, what? Yeah, heirs. You have an inheritance. Even if you think, well, I don't have, you know, my parents haven't left me an inheritance or my grandparents and there's nothing and I'll never have anything. But you, it says right here, you're an heir of God. Yeah. Heirs. If children, then heirs, right? Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so we see, we share in his sufferings because of what he did on Calvary. We share with, and and really water baptism is so wonderful because it shows you and gives you that picture of, of, uh, you know, being crucified with Christ, dead and risen again with him. It's our identity with what's happened with newness of life. 
when we are raised up together with him. So we've suffered with him and now we share in his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord and newness of life. So uh, then it goes on to say these beautiful things and I'll, I'll skip some of these things, but let's look at verse 26. Same chapter, Romans 8, 26. Uh, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. That means weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So here is the the help of the Holy Spirit helping us to pray the appropriate prayers. Not only has he made us his son and heirs, joint heirs, but then he helps us to even pray what we need or what others need from him. And it says that he does this through, and the, my amplified here says, sighs and groanings too deep for words. Too deep for words. You know, and then, of course, you know, we, we do know that through studying this, that it also means uh, of another language, like unknown tongues, that he can help you articulate words uh, in other tongues through the supernatural experience of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And you can pray in other tongues and pray His perfect will. And it bypasses our minds. We don't know, we don't grasp what we're saying, but it's from our heart to God. And God works His perfect will for our lives when we pray in the Spirit or pray in other tongues. So we see here groanings and then we, of course, see uh, speaking in tongues as well. Interesting, years ago we went to hear... Um, and this was a long time ago, decades, we went to hear a Baptist preacher that had the largest Baptist church in America at that time. And he got up, it was at a Baptist church, but we thought, we're going to go hear this man because he's had so much success in getting people saved and huge, huge, huge church. So um, he said, he got up in the pulpit and he said, uh, some people ask me why my church is so big. So I'm going to answer that right now. He said, I attribute the growth of my church to groanings in the spirit. Wow. Groaning. Now, I mean, you know, we're all shocked because we're Pentecostal, we're charismatic Pentecostal, so we know a little bit about that. But most of the people there in that setting had never heard of anything like that. And he said, I get down beside my bed at night and groan in the spirit. And he said, that is what has grown grown our church g-r-o-w-n he attributed it to this kind of prayer and you think what is groaning you know what is what that's so weird groaning or uh sighs but i don't think i would discount any kind of sound that comes out of your heart from god amen i mean we we you know, we read the King James and we say, well, God said light be and light was, but he might have said it in any kind of language. He, God might have just groaned and it meant light be, right? So uh, I wouldn't discount any kind of sounds, whether it be groanings or sighs or unknown tongues or even weep, weepings. Many times weeping is very spiritual. I mean, I'm not talking about emotional upset and crying. I'm talking about something that comes out of your heart. And Jesus wept at the uh, the tomb of Lazarus, you know. And, and I don't think he was crying because he was upset. He knew what was going to happen. 
He knew he was going to be raised from the dead. But I believe it was a type of prayer. And we see that. I don't want to get into all that. But I'm just saying, there is supernatural things that can be done when we yield our born-again spirit to prayer and let God pray through us. And the Bible says he helps our weaknesses. Sometimes we don't know how to offer prayer or what prayer to be offered. But the Spirit himself helps us. Now, he's not going to pray for us. He's going to help us pray. But we've got to be the ones that are willing to yield our tongue and to yield our time to him and let him pray. And I think it's, I think it's very, um, uh, vital right now that we spend, uh, you know, a good amount of time in prayer. Amen. And let the Spirit of God pray through us because there are some hurting people and, and people need prayer and we need prayer. So, um, you know, we need to yield ourselves to this groanings and sighing and, and letting the Spirit of God, uh, work through us. And then verse 27 says what happens when we do that. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And when he, when God hears his will being prayed, we can guarantee that he will answer that prayer because it's prayed according to his will. And the Bible says when we pray according to his will, we know we have the petitions that we desire of him. And verse 28 is the good news. We know then all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So these things work together for the good when we pray. Things don't always work together for good when you're not praying. But when we're praying... When we're allowing the Spirit of God to pray through us, things are going to work together for the good. Hallelujah. Now, and and then we'll move on down a little further. And this is just talking about life in the Spirit, right? Um, That doesn't mean that we always have to go around with our eyes, you know, roll back in our head and acting weird. That's not being spiritual. (laughs) But being spiritual is being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit, led by love, led by peace, led by joy, because that's who God is. And then we go on to see that the end of this chapter has so many wonderful things to say. But let's look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for this sake... We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. Now, that's something that you can say about yourself. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. More than a conqueror. Uh, Y'all probably heard this before, but I remember hearing a man say that you know, uh, a great boxer, maybe you've heard of uh, some of these great boxing champions through the years, uh, Evander Holyfield, etc. And I know I met him before because he uh, was in a church that we were ministering in. Um, but, you know, if, if you can imagine, he goes out and fights this boxing match and, you know, how uh, very difficult that can be. And then he wins the prize, the prize money, 
And then he goes to his wife and gives her the money to spend on whatever she wants. And this minister said, she is more than a conqueror because he's the conqueror. He fought the battle and she got the reward. So she's more than a conqueror. And if we think about Jesus Christ, he did the work. And like our pastor says, he finished the work. Amen. He finished it. It's done. It's been delivered to us. And because he did the battle, he won the battle. He was the only one that could. He's the only one that could because he was the son of God. And he did it for us. And then he handed us the reward. So this scripture says, because of that, we are more than conquerors. We get the gift. We get the prize. We get the rewards. Well, we don't deserve them. No, we don't deserve them, but he said you can have it anyway. (laughs) You can have it anyway. The gift of righteousness makes you worthy, and it's a free gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to have stars on your Sunday school uh, you know, chart to make yourself good enough to have this free gift. You don't have to do that. Aren't you glad? But God, through his love and his mercy and his grace, has given us life and life everlasting. And it has made us more than a conqueror in this life. Look at verse 38. We'll close with these two. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. And and nobody can separate us. Isn't that good to know when people are coming against you or saying ugly things about you? You can just say, you know what? I don't know what y'all think about me, but I sure know what the Lord thinks about me. And I'm not going to be separated from his love because of all this chatter out here, right? right? We were talking on the way to church tonight about how good it is to know that we don't have to live our life in the mind of other people. We don't have to make them, well, you know, I just want to, uh, for them to think good of me. And so I'm going to do this, this, this. So they'll think, which you can't control their thoughts, right? Really, you can't control anything about somebody else. We think sometimes we have that kind of power, but we don't. Praise the Lord. One of my friends said he that the Lord told him, you know, um, it would be really good if you would quit trying to control other people and just control yourself. <laughs> And, and, you know, that's a fruit of the Spirit, self-control. So by His Spirit, we can control ourselves. Amen? By His Spirit that lives within us. But praise the Lord, we don't have to ever be separated from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can uh, depend on that every day, every day, and all of our future. We can depend on God loves me today, He'll love me tomorrow, next month, next year. Hallelujah. He will always love us. And I'm telling you, when you know that, it makes you walk a little uh, happier, doesn't it, in this earth. Amen. So we found a new way of living and a new life divine, as we sing. Amen. A new way of living, a new life divine. We have God in us, Christ in us. 
Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up and we'll pray a little bit. Father, we just thank you that we know life in the Spirit is peace and joy. Life in the Spirit is is that confident assurance that you have us, that you have uh, us in your hand, that you hold us, and that uh, we can say uh, the Scripture confidently that you've not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind that we can say confidently with great assurance that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, who loves us. And Lord, tonight I just pray for my brothers and sisters or those listening on live stream. I pray, Father, that you would right now just show them how much they're loved, that they would sense your presence and your glory around them. That you would come, Father, and, and if there's any kind of, uh, hurt in their heart or in their soul, that you would just heal that, Lord. You said you heal the brokenhearted. If there's been tr- trouble or trauma, we thank you, Father. We give it all to you, and we know that you're the God of order, and you can bring order to chaos. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you in this same chapter, it says, that the the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and it quickens our mortal bodies. So I pray tonight for physical healing. I thank you, Lord, that pain has to go, that healing is ours, that your spirit quickens our mortal bodies. It makes it alive. And the life of God drives out any kind of dysfunction in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. We praise and we honor you for it. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. And we love you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen.